Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. And I'm Matt Petrowski. And who's with us, Matt? We've got Nicholas Orr. G'day, everybody. Author of Base Elements. Wait, I just got to do this. Here it comes. <laughs> that's that's uh, sound effects courtesy of uh, Matt's iPhone. Awesome. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about the new version of Base Elements 2.6, which uh, is available and very cool. Um, but before we do that, we've got some our usual segments of FileMaker Cool, and it's not FileMaker. So, Nick, you were talking about um, some drag-and-drop stuff you saw in John Sindler's webinar that was out last week. Tell me more about that. A few of you, if you're uh, TechNet members, might have seen it. Uh, John Sindler from Seedcode uh, do uh, some great uh, sample programming things, calendars and, and the like, and uh, John did a, a demo as a webinar of his upcoming DevCon session. Some great things with doing drag and drop without plugins. It seems like it, I, I'm really looking forward to, to what um, he's going to show in his session because being out the sort of things that he's doing with our, our drag and drop and the way that they are looking to integrate it with calendar sounds amazing. So that's my FileMaker call for the moment. What was he dragging? Was he dragging the actual events around on like a day calendar, or was he dragging he like an event the, into the calendar? Well, he showed uh, one example, which was a, a bit like a scheduling thing. So you, you're scheduling people and equipment, and essentially you've got a, a column for each day, and you can drag out of a single portal where you've got both people and equipment and headers. So he's showing all that sort of dynamic mm-hmm information in a single portal, and then you just drag it into a various column that you want it to be in. Right, so it disappears from the first column and appears where you leave it in the middle of the second column, which yeah. is very cool. And so then also could, reorganizing within a column up and down. Yep. And and he, he's got some neat things where it's actually not storing the data in the portals. He's, he's doing some neat tricks, storing things in variables and, and uh, globals behind the scenes so that you can actually have, instead of just a portal which shows just records, and I've got a heading at the top outside the portal, he's got some sort of groupings going on within the portal itself, which is really neat. Yep, very cool stuff. I think you may be able to get recordings of those, but he's going to be doing an expanded version of that as the first session of the first day of DevCon, for those who are going to that. Um, the FileMaker cool that I've got is I've been using a technique. Instead of using really complex um, multi-predicate relationships to filter portals, where I've got a few global fields at the top of a page and then a portal below, I've been using a really, really simple relationship with a global text field that has an equal join to the primary key of the table in the portal. I grab the keys of all the records that I want to show in the portal um, using a script. So my script is triggered when any of the global fields at the top are changed. So for example, you can have like a number of days to show and a status as a really simple example. And so you could put 10 days or 30 days or whatever. And then um, when you click into the field and you type from 10 days to 15, a script fires off that goes to the opens up a new window off screen, goes to find mode, does a find for today's date minus 15, you know, greater than that day or to, to find all the ones that match that criteria. And then also can take a look through either some checkboxes or whatever other, um, you can have a really complex find if you want to get the exact data that you want to show. And then loop through those records and grab the key of each of the records that are in the set, sort them first if you want. And, um, and then come back and 
set the set the global to all those keys and then your portal updates. It's not quite as fast as using a traditional portal, but it's pretty close. And so, you know, if you have less than a thousand records, it's pretty much instantaneous. So basically, let's use fifteen as the number within the header area of the FileMaker view that you're looking at. Of all 15, they are all arbitrary. So that's what requires you to use a find instead of basically using a predefined uh, relationship. Right. So you don't have to make a calculated field that has the number of days minus a certain thing or a, global, a calculated global field that has, if you type in a 15, um, that means that it's you know July 1st or whatever, you know, today minus 15 days would be. Instead, you can just have it. You don't have to create any extra fields to do it. You're just doing all the logic in a find, and you do math on, on script variables in the script. Gotcha. The other thing that I thought was really cool is you can have checkboxes. Um, so let's say you have a list of five different statuses that you might want to look at. Uh, new, complete, and collections or something like that. And if you, as you check each of those boxes, it goes and does a search for the things. But it basically is doing a combination search. So it's saying, if you check two of the three boxes, it's, it has to do two search requests, one of them for the, the first one, which was new customer, and then one of them for the other one, which is in collections. And then for each of those two searches, it would, it would also, whatever other boxes that you have checked, like maybe you have within 15 days. So the first search request would be within the last 15 days of new, and then the second request would be the last 15 days of in collections. And then the those sets of records get found. And that's really easy to do in this script. And so what would be really cool is whatever we talked about uh, that John Sindelar has, basically you have a FileMaker layout, and in the header you can just drag the fields that the user wants to be able to search into the header and pre-populate those with all possible options, and they could just filter out what they want from the database. Yeah, there you go. You're connecting the dots. <laughs> <laughs> so what, let's see. What do we got for It's Not FileMaker? Nick, what do you got? Oh, look, I've been uh, totally engrossed lately in a homebrew podcast. Um, it's called Basic Brewing. Um, it's fail- available in iTunes, but also on the web, uh, just as basicbrewing.com. I used to be a homebrewer, you know, years, and years ago, and doing it for ages. And then I had kids, and all sorts of things, you know, got put on the back burner. But um, uh, now that iPhones have come to Australia, um, I got one of those, and then, of course, you know, I need some something to put on it, so I you know, found this podcast, and so I was dutifully going back through two years of homebrew podcasts and trying to catch up. Um, but it's been really cool. It's, you know, um, I think, as well, um, uh, it's like like FileMaker, I guess. It's always interesting to see how hear how other people do things and different approaches and a lot to learn. But it's also um, it's a cool podcast, so if anyone is interested, um, Basic Brewing, do a search in iTunes or on the web. Cool. I used to brew beer like 10 years ago. Yeah. That's fun. I love the, the smell. If you do it the, the full grain way, if you don't cheat and get the... You yeah, know, the half half made ones where it just takes a couple of hours. It takes you know six seven hours to brew a batch up to that. Yeah, yeah there is a great smell. My wife hates it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's also great to drink scotch while you're making beer. I don't know why I always did that, but that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> just goes together well. Yeah. So Matt, you've got what? Surprise, surprise! An iPhone application. Yes, it is an <laughs> iPhone application, but. I'm going to throw in a few others that go with it. Um, This is for all of the listeners who use and love TiVo. Um, I got hooked on TiVo back in 2000, and I just, I've 
had other DVRs from like Verizon and Comcast. I've played with my uh, my uncles, and I just can't get away from TiVo. This is an iPhone app that allows you to control your TiVo from your iPhone. But on top of that, it's got you can see you can look at all of your history, and of course, TiVo.com allows you through their website to schedule any programs that you might want to record if you're away from your home. So it integrates that feature directly into this iPhone app, so you can be out anywhere away from home. You can schedule your programs that you want to record if you forgot to record something. Plus, when you're in home, it uses the network feature of being able to control the TiVo. Now, added on to that, and it's called DVR Remote. It's, I think it's a $299 application. Uh, it's super responsive. One of the hassles of entering things into TiVo when you're looking for things is you have to go one character at a time. So say, for example, you're looking for, well, last night I was just looking for any of the Harry Potter movies that they're playing because I want to see those prior to going to see the new one that was just released. And you can type it in your iPhone much faster. You just hit Submit, and it just it jams those right onto the screen and does the find for whatever programs you're looking for. So hmm. it's really awesome. But there are some companion programs that when uh, TiVo released their Series 2, they had this feature that your TiVo registers with the TiVo.com website, and it has this home network option where you can basically pull things off of your TiVo, which you couldn't with like the first generation, and you get a you can also push things onto the TiVo, and you need different pieces of software. So there's a piece of software called, um, I believe it's called PYTiVo, or just, you know, Paul Yodel, and then TiVo. And I think that stands for Python, because that's the language it was originally written in, but allows you to run this software on your Mac, and you can, uh, one of them will pull stuff off, and then another piece of software will pull, push stuff back on. If you do a search for that software, then uh, having... These three little applications basically lets you to move anything in, off, around, and you know schedule and control your TiVo with iPhone and your Mac or your PC. Cool. Love it. So the normal remote doesn't communicate. Is, is, does it actually use some... Because the iPhone doesn't have an uh, IR Beamer. So Correct. it uses the home network. It uses Wi-Fi. Correct. Through your Wi-Fi network, what TiVo has is it has software on the TiVo that allows it to be controlled via the home network. So you just you go into the, the I believe it's called Messages and Settings area of TiVo, and you have to enable it. But once you do, this iPhone app is auto-discovery, and it will discover any of your individual TiVos. And you can choose any of them from the iPhone app, and then it controls it directly through the home network. So you don't have to have line of sight which is actually great in my case because I can be in the kitchen and things can be on the table which would normally block my remote plus my wife's always hiding it so I can't find it but I now have it <laughs> on my iPhone so it doesn't matter where I am I can control it and do whatever and you can do neat, uh, sort of mean things if you're talking to someone on the phone and someone's got the TV too loud you can just pause it for them while you finish your conversation nice <laughs> uh, so it's, it's just I like it a lot. Like I have to dump Dish Network and get TiVo. I think it's time. Oh, I switched to Verizon. Their HD. Oh my goodness, it's so clear. I've never seen such clear TV. Cool. So let's get on with the interview. So, probably a lot of our listeners, Nick, already have base elements for the. But for those who don't, what is it? 
it's essentially the answer to the question of what's in your database. So um, it allows you to see everything that's in your database, all of the internet connections where what buttons are on which layouts, which scripts are being called from where, and all of those details. So um, gives it to you in a nice FileMaker way, so you can just search, you can do finds exactly like you, you want to, you can pop up new windows, and it's all sort of very standard FileMaker, but um, allows you to see what's in there, what's broken, what isn't being used anymore, um, and go through your whole solution. So... There's yeah. aspects of it that I have found much more useful than others. I mean, I, you know, when I'm really working on a project, may, you know, as my only thing that I'm working on, I know it really well. I know what's there. And, um, but what I, one of the things that I found extremely useful is, and what you can't really find out any other way easily, is what's unreferenced. What fields did yeah. you make that you really just didn't, you know, ever put on a layout or layouts that you never connected to a script or scripts that connect to nothing? Those are really hard yeah. to find, and they, they really accumulate over time, and this is an awesome tool to locate and delete those things. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that, that has to, like, if there's a solution I'm working on a lot over time, and I know that I'm going to keep working in it, I don't want it to have things that are broken in it, because I want sort of, you know, I like it to be, all right, if I want to use that script, I know that it works, and I know it does exactly what it says it does, and it's not going to... You know, it's not going to embarrass me in front of the client. Right. Uh, and the same respect, if I'm not using anything anymore, get rid of it. I don't want it there. It's yeah. just, you know, it's staring at me and poking me in the face every time I look at it. Yeah, I love so, it. Yeah. Can, it identifies all kinds of errors like uh, relationships where, the, uh, where you have a text field on one side connected to a number field on the other, which won't yield proper results sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tons of other errors that you locate. Yeah, there's some, I mean, obviously anything that's an error, so anything where you've got, you know, you deleted a script, but uh, you've got a button that calls it, or you've deleted a field, or uh, anything that's broken, but it also picks up some great little things, um, which it calls warnings as well, so that that can be things like you've got a, um, a relationship that it's uh, a mismatch on type, so you've got a text to a number relationship now, and that right. might not be an error, but it also might not be right, it might not be what you're expecting, mm-hmm. so... Um, things like that, or you've got a uh, a field uh, on the layout um, that isn't in the same table occurrence group as the layout, so it can pick up things that you might you might have wanted to do that for some reason, but again, you might not. It's not not necessarily broken, but it uh, it's handy for picking up all sorts of little things like that as well. Yeah. I can't think of a reason to do that. <laughs> it, would, it will it would work for a global. Um, yeah, that's obviously true. For anything else, it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. so. Well, I'm going to go for some clarification here. So as far as I'm aware, there's only two products on the market that are actually locally based, and that's um, – what is it? It's called Analyzer, right? Inspector. Uh, Inspector, Inspector, yeah. Yeah, Vince Milano. He was originally called Analyzer, and then he left and started – basically recreated it at the new company. Yeah. Gotcha. And then there's only in, – in terms of like a, the you know competitors out there, there are – I know that Jeff Coffee was releasing something that was, I believe, Java-based, but you submit the XML over the web, and then it parses. But yours is, there's no others than just your two, right? Yeah, look, the, well, I guess the, the history is that originally in version 6, the, um, there were two products. There was Analyzer for version 6, and there was also Metadata Magic, and I was a big fan of Metadata Magic. I had both 
but I only really ever use metadata magic. And today, if someone comes to me and says, look, I've got this great version 6 solution, and I want you to convert it to 10 for me, the first thing I do is pull out metadata magic oh, and yeah. use its conversion report and, and various other things. Um, so if you're doing any conversions, you have to have a copy of that. So they're probably still selling that, even though it only works in version 6. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, they... As far as I know, they had plans to update it, but I, I don't know if that's happened. There is then, um, um, yeah, Jeff Coffey had something, um, uh, FM Lumen, but uh, last time I checked it, the website wasn't around, so I don't know if he's still doing something with that. That was web-based. I'm, I'm presuming just XML and XSLT-based, but gotcha. I, I don't know. I, I never saw it in, in much detail. So, um, the, so, yeah, the, so at the technical level, actually, how yeah, are you parsing? Like, are just you, XSLT, yeah. Oh, you're just so using an XSLT to get all the data into FileMaker? Yeah, so out of the DDR, so the database design report from, you need to advance to generate that. But <clears throat> once you've generated that base elements, um, you can run as a runtime or as just ordinary FP7 files in Pro. So, And are they just, all stored? Like, say you do a, simul, a, a secondary uh, review of the same database after you've made changes. Does base elements store like the first test runs in the same yep. database or okay yeah it's, it stores it and it can store different solutions um, so you can have you know you can have as many imports as you want I tend to the way I work with it is I tend to um, uh, keep sort of uh, each I guess client or, or project that I'm working on uh, in its own separate copy of base elements so I've got half a dozen you know I've got probably dozens of copies of base elements all over the place and just load up and I just keep a history because it's good to be able to go back and say you know oh hang on when did that change or or where is it and what what happened there so yeah you can keep as many copies as you want in it yeah terabyte Either drives way. are only $100 now <laughs> jeez yeah what were the big changes in the 2.6 version? Well, we've got a, a 2.6 is, um, there's a little beta of it out on the website. It'll be out uh, definitely before DevCon, which gives me only a couple of weeks now, doesn't it? It's mm -hmm. What is the website? So I can go there right now. Uh, au. Don't forget the .au at the end, otherwise you go to Goya Foods and you can buy some chocolate and beans and stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's a link there to, to base elements. So, um, yeah, the 2.6, what, one of the things that we've been, I've been wanting to integrate for ages is a, um, ability for base elements to be multilingual. So I can have other languages supported in it. And that's something I've sort of fiddly been working on for a while. It started off in version one and, uh, obviously the, the, the easy part of it is, okay, well, anything that's text then has to be, uh, done in, in global, so you think, oh yeah, that's not a problem, I can do that. But um, originally I'd, I'd looked at it and thought, well, hang on, I use a lot of tabs in base elements, and um, obviously your tabs can't have program names. So so what were the big challenges in, in adding the multilingual features, like you were saying about tabs? The easy one is obviously anything text that's on the layout, you replace with a global with um, with the, the values in it. So what I've actually got is a... is Two, two tables. One is a, a set of stored records, one for each language, and then I've just got a table with all the exact same fields but all as globals. And all I do is um, the globals are set to be lookups into that uh, language table based on which language you pick. So you can literally switch the, the language at, a, at the click of a button. So you, you go and select from the pull-down list and 
all of a sudden all your interface changes. Now, the the easy ones are, are text on fields, but tabs you can't program. So I actually, it's probably not news to anyone else, but um, I played with how to get the tabs multilingual. In the end, I've just left them as a fix with tab with no text in them. And you have a little, you know, your text block, but instead of putting every text block on every tab on, you know, each iteration of all of the tabs, um, you just put it on once and you have the text expanded slightly over the top of the tab. So even though it appears on the tab, it's actually outside the tab block and therefore you only have to put each text block once rather than repeating it every oh, time. That's a neat trick. So Usually yeah. what I do is I put it on the individual tabs and then I have the one that's on front sort of change color. But that's a pain yeah. in the ass to maintain. Yeah, if yeah. If you're using a fixed, uh, fixed tab length, you can use a repeating field as well. Yeah, yeah. Just repeat yeah. out how many tabs you have. Oh, yeah, true. And that gets around font inconsistencies of uh, Windows and Mac and if they don't have the right font installed and stuff like that. Yep, yeah. So what about dialog boxes? Well, that was the other one, and, and it's using a um, – already we, the base elements uses the Troy plugin, which is included uh, in it. Um, so the alternatives, I thought, oh, look, I'm actually not using many, you know, uh, dialogues. It won't be hard. I'll just, you know, create a few, you know, if statements here and there. Um, obviously, dialogues you can do, but buttons are the tricky bit. And, um, yeah, so I ran base elements on base elements, and I'm actually using quite a lot of dialogues. So <laughs> I thought this is going to be more of a challenge. So I um, – uh, that's the the next little bit that's uh, to be done just to finish up the beta. Um, and what I'm probably going to use is um, uh, a plugin from 360 Works, their uh, Scriptmaster plugin, because I can do dialogues in that, um, and it can also uh, replace the file functionality that I've, I'm currently getting out of Troy File, which means that I can sort of still have only a single plugin rather than you know I, I already have licenses for Troy Dialog as well, but um, I I didn't want to add you know two plugins if I can only if I only have to use one so right. I'll probably go with Scriptmaster instead I I think that'll be um, simpler and easier so that's the next little uh, bit of of checking off the final um, internationalization of base elements to do so yeah so how many languages do you have in there now um, at the moment I'll um, we've got here we have uh, German Dutch English Spanish, French, Italian, Japanese, uh, and Swedish, and also someone did me a pirate version of English as well. So, nice. You know, I'm the hearties. Which is for, for uh, international talk like a pirate day. Don't you need Klingon in there? Aren't we FileMaker developers? I, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I put up a, a, a post on, my, on the website just to say, look, is anyone willing to help with the... Uh, the internationalization because I don't, I don't speak any other languages other than English. I did a bit of German and I can still ask for Ein Bierbitter but that's about it. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I put, you know, these are the top sort of file maker languages and then put Klingon at the bottom but yeah, I haven't had any offers yet. I don't, I don't speak <laughs> Klingon myself. So. I don't think too um, many people do but there are people who do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So to to show what a small and possibly incestuous little community this FileMaker world is, you brought up uh, ScriptMaster, which Matt Petrowski actually did some work on. And one of the other big features that you have in the 2.6 version is you integrated search results, which is something I worked on. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that go for you? The, the search results was great. I you know I heard about you guys doing it, and um, 
I, I just thought, oh, that's perfect, exactly what I wanted. Because people have asked me before, they've said to me, oh, look, what I want to find is I want to find, I've used, you know, the company name uh, somewhere in my solution. You know, I've, I've used it on layouts or I've used it on scripts and dialogues and all sorts of things. And I want to change it to be a, a variable. I said, well, how do I find it across the whole solution? Well, you've got to go to the layout objects and do a search there in the layout objects. And then you'll have to go into scripts and do a search there. And then you can go into calculations and do a search there. And it's all neat, you know, if you know exactly what you're looking for. But in that sort of situation, when you're not searching for a script step or, uh, you know, a, a function call and a calculation, it doesn't make sense to, to have to do that in six different places. And it was something I'd thought about for ages and thought, you know, that would be neat to have, but uh, maybe another day. Um, and then, yeah, this FM search results came along and, it, it, yeah, it was a perfect fit. Um, and it was easy. It was really easy. I, I started in, you know, I... It's it's set up in a way that it's um, everything's dynamic. You just essentially put some fields on a layout, and it uses the fields that that are on the layout to do its searching in, um, and all its coding and and all its smarts. And um, I I did that, and I did that, and it was done in about you know two minutes. I thought, oh, this is good. Oh, hang on, I need to use this instead of the six example tables that he's got. I need to use this across nineteen tables in base elements. So I'll do that. And then I thought about, I thought, oh, hang on. What I should do is I should hard code all of these things that he's done. And I started pulling out all of the scripts, and then I it was sort of half an hour in. I thought this is going to take me hours, and I went back to doing it the simple way, because what you guys have set up is um is actually much easier than what I you know uh, than you expect. It's just you know like I said, it's just a couple of fields on some layouts and and, and change a couple of script steps, and that's it, and it's up and working. And we worked really and, hard on making it fast and easy to integrate. Yeah, well, it is. That was what I loved about it. And and yeah, now, yeah. So when that that quest that request comes back, I need to find everywhere that my company name's used in the whole solution. Well, you just get in the little search box at the top, and there you go. Oh yeah, I've seen it's, so many solutions tough. where people like uh, put in a little bit of code to say, oh yeah, there's somebody here named you know Jerry Jones, and we put all this little code in that says if username equals Jerry Jones, then do this. And it could have been in a script, it could have been in a calculation, it could have been all over the place. And yeah, yeah. you're right, you would have had to search for that all over the place, but now you can just type in Jerry Jones and boom. It yeah, would show. so not only does it work really well, look, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big rap for it because it just made the integrating it into into base elements when, you know, the, the sort of example stuff, like you said, it's only six tables that the example shows, but I, I put it out to 19 and it's, and it's fast and it's easy and it was easy to get set up. So, yeah, it looks really cool. It's a, so it's a great little feature for, for base elements. Is that showing as integrated in the screenshots that you have on the website? That's what I'm looking at right now. Are those older screenshots? No, they're older. They'll be updated when, when 2.6 is done before DEF CON, yeah. Gotcha. It's pretty neat. There's a little search button up the top right, and you just type in, you hit enter like you would in any old search, and away it goes. So it's great. So, um, what other are, are there any other smaller features in the 2.6 version? There'll be a few little, you know, tweaks or um, other minor changes, but um, nothing serious. Um, those two are the big things. Being multilingual, um, obviously, it's been quite a bit of work. It's been good to get it all up and going. Um, but uh, that and the, the search results, so they're the big ones, yeah. Cool. So what are your plans for DevCon? Um, I'm not going, actually, personally. Um, obviously, Goya will be there. We've got a booth this year again. Um, this is our third year in a row doing a booth the, at the, uh, the product showcase. So we'll be there. If you want to see base elements, we'll, um, we'll be there. We'll probably have something uh, neat or or discounted or, you know... 
bundled or something like that. So kind we'll of have a show something. special. It's a tradition. How many people yeah. uh, from Goya are coming? The two staff this year. We sent two last year. I, I actually went to, uh, through it. Was it now two years ago? So I went by myself, and that was hard work. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, we did two last year, and we'll do two again this year. But just not me this year. So. Um, which is disappointing because I'd love to go to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, another time. I don't know. I I don't know if anyone's heard anything about where it'll be next year, but um, yeah, I'm hoping they do it again next year because I'll probably be back next year. So cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think they usually make an announcement at DevCon where they plan on having it next year. Yeah. Which I would think they'd want to wait a month and get feedback from people who went to DevCon rather than having decided before the. Before the event's even over, but uh, whatever. Maybe in Australia. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, come down. That'd Do it at my nice. place. Yeah. Remember a few years ago at DevCon, in the opening session, they were showing off FileMaker and they were talking about DevCon being in Australia. It was actually like a fake demo they were doing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally, when it finally dawned on me that it was uh, wishful thinking. <laughs> it was like I was disappointed. Oh well. Yeah. Look, yeah, it'd be nice for me, but uh, yeah, I'd, it'd be some cool stuff you could come and see as well. So yeah. So what else you got to to share with us today? Um, yeah, look, that's um, base elements wise. That's probably about it. Um, uh, we've got a another product which has sort of been sort of very quiet on the on the um, marketing front, which is a updater solution called Update Manager. Um, which is a, t- essentially the answer to how do I go from my development version of this with all my changes in it to my live version with all my data in it. It's a great way of, of scripting the imports to go from one one set of files to another, but it also does all of the error checking and all of the moving files and all that around. So you can use it to say you're an in-house developer. You you know copy across your update manager solution and your, and your new files. And then log in remotely at eight o'clock when everyone else, when no one's around, and hit a button, and it copies everything across, makes all the backups that you need to make, imports everything, sets all the serial, auto into serial fields, and um, checks to make sure everything worked properly. And if if anything went wrong, well, it just it leaves everything exactly where it is, so nothing's wow. changed, and you don't That's have to do it. That's really anything. cool. Those are all and problems everything. I've endeavored to solve in other ways, but if I yeah. had this, I wouldn't have had to do that, you know. Yeah, and then if it if it's all worked, then you essentially turn the server back on and away you go, and you're up and running with your new files. So um, something again that we used internally a lot, and we haven't um, put a lot of um, uh, marketing into it yet, but um, it's something we'll be doing more of at at DevCon as well. So that's our big up and coming at the moment. Yeah, cool. Matt, what about you? You got anything else to add? Me, I was just looking at the website, looking at the pictures. I like how uh, nice and straightforward, clean your uh, solution is. Yeah, I'd make the screenshots a little more prominent on your website so you can find them, so that people can uh, take a look at what you've got. Because it, it, seeing the screenshots in terms of seeing what information it gives back is very valuable. Yeah. If I'm going to consider, you know, an analysis product, but I, I like. I mean, it's you just have. The tabs on top, and then you have the the different areas over on the left, and that's really, other than sub a few sub tabs, that's all you have to know about. And all of the sidebar is clearly explained. You've got files, tables, fields, scripts, layouts, menus, 
all of the elements that you're used to in FileMaker. Yeah, that's the the design philosophy of it. But again, it's something that I use that we use uh, all day, every day. I I sort of don't know how people can work without something like this sometimes because you just it's. Um, you know, you, you go in and say, "All right, well, hang on, I want to change this field. I want to re, you know, redo this script. But where's it? Where else is it being used? What, yep. are, what am I going to break if I change anything?" Um, and and what are, what our sort of design goals with base elements were that just it had to work like FileMaker. The people who are going to use it are FileMaker developers, mm-hmm. so they know how to do searches and they know how to pop up new windows and and do all those sorts of things. And we've done some neat stuff with it. it every time you you click to a related um, Part of the of the the solution you're looking at. So, for example, you're looking at a file, and you want to go to a list of table occurrences. Well, you can do that, you know, by clicking on an individual item. You can do that and pop up a new window at the same time by holding down Option, or you can do that and go to a you know the found set by holding down uh, Shift. So, you can do things like, um, all right, go to a particular layout. Uh, I'll go to a particular file, then go to all of the layouts in that file and then go all of the scripts across all of those layouts, and then go to all of the fields in all of those scripts that are used across all of those layouts. And it's just a a click for each one. There's no searching, there's no jumping around. So um, in that sense, you know, it's really, it's designed to be, to sort of think and act like a FileMaker developer. Yeah, Exactly. That's that's definitely what what I've loved about it since I first started using it. Which yeah. is which yeah. was right when it came out. We uh, when I was at Pre One, we had a license of it. We used for, we used it very heavily for many different aspects, and yeah. so for yeah. a multi-project, multi-developer project like that is really it's key. Yeah. So yeah. It'll, it'll work hosted. Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a hosted uh, and standard downloads either as a as a runtime, or you can download just the FP7 files and use it yourself. Um, obviously, on a Mac, you can run multiple copies of FileMaker at the same time, so you can have you know base elements in one and your solution in another. Yep. And there's a hosted version um, and a site license as well, so you can you know run it across your whole company. And um, yeah, it just it behaves the same. Imports into um, into the hosted or the local version just fine. Yeah. So the standard price. I'm looking at your website here. Base elements. Two single. This is not the two point six. Are you? The two point six version will be a free update for um, people who already have a license for any version of two. Gotcha. So we're just well, it's four ninety nine just for the single user. Yep. And then it goes up from there, and people can find that on the uh, yeah uh, website. And if anyone's a, um, a TechNet or um, uh, what's the other one? Pug. Yeah, FM Pug, FM Pug, and the, any any of those members, there's a discount. So, as well, you can get twenty percent off. So, uh, um, head into the in, into the discounts area of either the FM Pug or TechNet websites and uh, have a look for there for base elements. You'll see there's a code to use on the website that'll get you twenty percent off. So that's handy as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm really bummed you're not going to be at DevCon. I was really hoping to hang out with you a little bit there, but I'll have yeah, to wait, um, wait till next year. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll be there next year somewhere. Well, wherever it is, you know, if it's Australia, <laughs> France. Yeah, one of the things I'm, I'm one of the things I'm really hoping with um, multilingual base elements is that you know it gets a really big following in France, and then I can go to the French developer conference. Exactly, that would be fun. Yeah, that's just that's my goal in life. <laughs> well, the um, the pause on error conference is going to be happening yeah. in London sometime. Next year, there's gonna oh, it's wow. gonna be in Portland, Oregon, in January, and then I'm not sure what month, but later in the year, it's gonna be in uh, 
in London and then, and then again in New York. I'm not sure if it's just going to go to those three cities every year. They'll probably change it around, but... Yeah, that, that sounded really cool. That um, I haven't looked at any of the video. I started looking at one of them, but I haven't gone into any more detail than that. That um, that sounds like a really neat idea. Yeah, and maybe we can follow that around the world instead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. And that's a smaller one. I think it was fifty-five people were at the first one. I didn't get to go to that either. It came kind of quickly. Well, I think we're about done. We're out of time here today, but it's been great talking to you guys. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Always.